Oh, nice, vibrant green frosting. So crack open another ripe avocado. So again, you just want to mash this up real good before you add your other ingredients. Try to get out as many lumps as you can. I prefer the side of the back of the spoon method. All right, time to add the rest of our ingredients. So we have some softened butter. Well, sorry about that. It sounded like a really interesting recipe. Probably wish we'd just kept that going. Uh, we got to do some recap reading, and, and I'd like to see, first off, as we recap the reading, if anything stood out to you or sort of hit you anew or you were able to make some connections like they were hoping you might make in the video or the other. I, I want to look at the questions they asked us second, but because we did the reading first, I wanted to see if there were particular readings um, that were helpful for you to review again, or did something new uh, for you as you, as you resurveyed sort of the class. section on the man that was talking about his father and how he lived his life. That was, I thought that was powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, it wasn't academic, mm-hmm. uh, but but strong, mm-hmm. strong connection. Yeah. yeah. My husband's uncle had a little home in Texas City, mm-hmm. and when he was a teenager, he wrote on all his ambulance strips. I don't know if you got the same things from that, but we certainly saw a lot. For me, because of my background in regards to the fact that I've not done a lot of biblical study, <clears throat> this this was a lot of learning for me, mm. uh, and a lot of revisiting uh, revisiting what what I just knew superficially and could get into it with a great deal more depth. Um, and and I've, I thought, I'm, I'm going to go back, and I don't know if I'll do it, but I go back and reread stuff and revisit. And Tim helped me a lot because he's had a lot more um, background and a lot of, and so we've done, we've done a lot of it together, even read it out loud to each other. Um, and, and the only thing that that just a lot of other stuff, stuff life gets in the way and then you know if you, something happens and you go then then for two or three days you don't even think about it and yeah and, and so it was a, it was a it was a special experience for me and one that has made me really curious in a way in ways that I never really visited or if I had I hadn't paid attention, you know, because, you know, as a a Christian person, as a Catholic, I I feel like I'd lead, you know, a fairly good, decent life, you know, and I do my Sunday duty, and I do all that, and I do Lent, and, um, but this gave me a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. It was very nice, Mike. For me, it was, for me, it was very special. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think for me, um, 
the leadership of Bali has kind of changed the paradigm of the readings for me. Mm. I'm beginning. I'm beginning to understand them in a different way now. It's going to help for me to go back and to listen to the podcast because because some of the things I don't remember. Um, so I guess in that way it's been very, very, very helpful. Now I don't agree with something he said. I don't think you should be fearful of God. Mm. I just, that, that to me is, uh, I just don't understand that, I guess. Mm. Thanks. <clears throat> I share that concern of trying to figure out how not to do that because I met God in fear. <laughs> it's interesting to think about how you meet God. Yeah. There's a really weird story. We didn't read Genesis together, but you, you think about... Um, Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac, and in Jewish tradition, he's 37. <laughs> and that's Isaac's experience of God, his dad holding a knife over him. Um, and that was what we learned in Sunday school, to be honest, about why it was... Really, now, of course, we learned God loved us, but then, you know, then there's hell, and that's scary. You know, that's really scary. And um, so God, in some ways, is is to be feared, and how do you, when that's how you met God, how do you meet each other again for the first time? And how do you love somebody you fear? Well, you can't, yeah. right? Not holy, and the scriptures we read tell us that. True love drives out all fear. Yeah. Um, paradigm shift, you said, it's really interesting to think about when scripture describes us and when it prescribes how we ought to be, and the difference between the two. I would tell you, without talking about any of the specific readings, for me, what's really helpful about um, scripture study in a group, if I read it by myself, I didn't know that I'd have to engage it, but because we're gonna talk about it, I feel like I'd better th think about it a little more deeply about what it could mean and hearing what it means for you. This is always beneficial for me. I've never had to sit down and think about revelation rather than a broad brush, but to think about it bit by bit. So I have a totally new perspective on the book that actually goes backward to everything else we've read, even as much as the first things went forward, right. you know, if that makes sense. It's always, to me, helpful to do this concentrated in a group with a purpose. I don't always like the book, but this one I really did like, because um, it makes me reweave everything. Well, and it provides structure. And that's, and I think that's, when you read the Bible, you need some type of structure, because otherwise you, you're going to be all over the place. Because sometimes the Bible contradicts itself, and you're, and, and, and you're, and you're reading it, and you say, what the heck is that all about? Yeah. So. Well, then the language is more difficult. And to me in the Bible, yeah. and it's it's so complicated, and and he and this this is just 
sort of, not that, I don't mean that it dumb it, dumb it, dumb it, or made it dumb, that, I don't mean that. Um, but it was, it was more meaningful yeah. to, to me, it was better, mm -hmm. easier to understand. Yeah. Um, and created a linear path right, right through it. Yeah. I was wondering, um, this is mostly written by John, really, because it, it encompasses such a wide um, swath that it's hard to uh, understand that he could have, he really grew in between Jesus' death and then probably when uh, he died. Now, no one thinks the Gospel of John, that writer, wrote Revelation. No one thinks okay. that. Couldn't understand how he could. Yeah, right, right. So when was it written? Mm. Well, oddly enough, around the same time as the Gospel of John, probably. But syntax, totally different. Were, you know, diction, totally different. Themes, very different. And also complementary. So when? Um, probably around 100 to 110. Some people would date them real early at 90. I mean, I haven't read earlier than 90 on either one. And, 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 and we don't really, since the, since the earliest copies we have are a little bit older than that, we don't know how often it's been retranslated or, mm. or redacted. Uh, someone didn't like it that way, but... Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Did anybody else have a, as we reread, did something stand out for you in the readings? I think the reason they go slowly is to try to get it into your bones, if, if that makes sense. All right, something that stood out to me is in the New Jerusalem, there won't be a temple. And that sounds silly, but I'm pretty sure this was written after the temple got destroyed. So it's nice to hear that actually that's not a catastrophe, that God doesn't live in temples made by human hands, and in God's vision there won't be a place because God will fill all the places. This is sort of interesting to think about what that invitation is, to, to make temples and slums, if that makes sense, <laughs> and on street corners. There won't be a, a St. John the Divine sanctuary that's just inside. <laughs> It'll be in memorial in the fourth ward. That will be the temple. How about these questions that we got to answer? I didn't know if any of you were willing to share your thoughts on these. I actually didn't write my answers to them because I'm still thinking about them. Um, but from the beginning, you know, the Esther, they, they, they ask us to think about caring and what act you might perform to strengthen your family. I'll share one for you, uh, for, from me, that, that I've thought about. Um, it has nothing to do with Naomi, but um, has a lot to do with what I'm doing on Sunday mornings with thinking about how to strengthen my own marriage. Uh, not because it's in dire straits, but because 
um, that kind of work will strengthen my family. And so some of those works have to do with really um, being attentive to daily practices that include appreciation, offering appreciation, not just that I like that you did this, but why and how it touches my heart and what it really represents for me. Uh, Listening um, to my spouse and my daughter in such a way that I mirror back so they know that I've listened and validate what they've said even if I disagree with it, saying something like, it makes sense that you would want that because of blank. And empathizing and saying, I imagine you might be feeling blank (laughs) before I just go to a decision. I love to go right to the decision. Um, Those practices, and I didn't always get them right, but those are some of the things I feel like I've been inspired to do to strengthen my family. I was... I paid attention, or anyway, as I'm looking back, on the issue of of the community mm. of, of faith. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think um, that it's, it's kind of, well, it's personal in that, uh, you know, I've been born and raised Catholic. I've never, this is the first time in my life that I've spent time and any a place other than a Catholic church coming here mm-hmm. to St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been a big, um, why am I doing this? What is it, what is it that I'm, I, I'm not, and I know I'm not questioning my faith. It's not that. It's, Tim said, it's an issue of community. What's the difference between this community and the community at St. Bernadette's, and it sure. just happens because it's St. Bernadette's. Yeah. Um, what it, why, why is it that this, this calls you more, or this feels more comfortable, or more... What, what are the specific things? So, so, so reading this has... So it's been... And I'm still sorting through it. Like, I mean, it's like a big muddle in my head still. Um, it's... It's just muddling. Um, that's probably going to take. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go back. I'm going to find a counselor who <laughs> can give me some advice on sorting through all of this out. Uh, I don't know. So there, there, this did bring a lot of, a lot of, kind of turmoil about that for me. It's not necessarily even because I was born and raised Catholic. Yeah, but I don't know that it's a it's a denominational thing. But this community at St. Thomas is really the strongest, most supportive community I've ever yeah. experienced. Yeah. And and yes, and that's the way it feels to me also. Mm-hmm. And and um, and it was just quite by accident, you know. Samuel Gladden said something about something to come to see here, and the next thing I knew I was coming more often than I expected. And, um, anyway, um, yeah, and then, then that just grew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Kudos to you. Yes. I don't know how long you've been here or anything like that, but you've developed a very strong, friendly 
open, welcoming community. I think kudos to the community. <laughs> kudos to the community. Because there's people who've been here a lot longer than I have, okay. like this guy, and, uh, and that's that. <laughs> that's that. I don't know enough about the history, so Anyway, but this, uh, reading all of this, the word community is in here all the time. Yeah. I was thinking um, that um, I was reading your, to me it's a fairly new rewriting of the website, which I thought was really, really well done. And, and I was thinking about the website and about you and Jenny, and I was thinking that I don't know exactly who I was on the committee that brought you here, but I was thinking, gee, was they, they were really good. And I, I was interested, I didn't know that they had the vision of the church that they had, you know, which they must have. Were we on the committee? John's one of the guys you can thank or blame for our present condition, but mostly thank, I think. Because it isn't new. That's the thing. It isn't new. It's who these people have been and want to be. My faith is not as strong as any of your it's not as strong. But I involve myself in this church so that by my involvement, perhaps it'll strengthen your faith. That's about as strong a faith as you can have. Don't you think? <laughs> I think so. That's one of the paradigm shifts of, of the reading, isn't it? Well, for me it is. It isn't about feeling, it's about practice. I'm more of a works-oriented person. That's commitment. Yeah. You're more of a what? works yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But that is commitment. Um, you're acting upon it. Um, do what I can. But, I, you know, the book asks us what act of courage could you have? And this is one of these paradigm shifts is that courage is not something that comes natural to you. What would be courageous about that? <laughs> courage is when we put ourselves out there, especially when it's not natural. And this is one of those relationship things. This is one of those sort of um, like marital traps I've realized as I've tried to be practicing uh, these things I mentioned is we can say something like, um, you did that thing for me, but it felt a little bit rote. Like, I know you were just doing it because I wanted it, not because it was natural. And sometimes, like, we degrade something because of that when really it should be more meaningful that somebody does something that is not natural for them because they want to do the right thing. That's courage. That's what I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How about the guidance bit? There's a lot of guidance questions here. Like what insights into life have you gained or how are you incorporating these? 
How's the light guiding you? Has your prayer life changed? Anybody willing to share guidance bits? said that it has to do with aging and endings. Aging and endings. And then there's beginnings also. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know what, what kind of beginnings, but but there, they, you know, you, I've become just really aware how throughout life you're constantly going through that. Um, and so, you re to me, I've been reflecting on those endings and beginnings that's way back, going back to my 20s. And it's not a bad thing, but it's, it's um, very um, inter inter interesting and, mm. and, and sweet. And uh, there's lots of stuff. I'm not, I'm not even able to put it into words very well. I think back to years ago, I wrote a book. I don't think I wrote the whole book because it was like that. <laughs> but I read bits and pieces of it. But it was by a guy named Baba Ram Das. He was an American who went to India. Are you familiar with it? He went to India and he, he took in the, the whole life of, of meditation. But, the, but, but in the book, I'm not sure if this is the title of the book or if I read it was it was in the book, but it was a big part of the book, and, and basically it was "Be Here Now." Mm -hmm. I mean, the, there's the past which was a second ago, and there's the future which is a second from now, but it's always now, always now. And um, so when you're talking about, you know, ends or beginnings, mm -hmm. in my mind, in some ways. It's, it's just always been now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something you have to kind of learn and practice. Because I think it's natural to go back and rehash and yeah. <clears throat> see what you've yeah. done wrong or yeah. see where you could do better. Or, um, so that's a, that's a practice that you know to live for the now. But if we just remember there's no past and there's no future. Because <laughs> it is just now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How often... I've had, I have crazy thoughts all the time, and here's one of them, and that's that you live exactly this life over again after you pass away, but you make one 
positive change. Just one. Because, I mean, it's, life is in, if you think about it, think, it, you know, we live in an infinite place, an infinite space. And I, my thought was maybe you go back and it's just that one little thing, one thing, because you're going to live infinitely. So you're, and, and maybe you grow towards um, uh, a true cosmic consciousness. I don't know. But I, I mean, I don't think about this very often or for, for very long. I, I just throw that, these yeah. thoughts out. I think I've read about that where you, you, um, you're in this position here because of your past lives. And every time you come back, you, you, you're a little... You're a little ahead of yourself. You might, you might just just a little bit. <laughs> Positive. I'm not sure I believe it, but oh, no. um, but you know, you you are you are who you are because of all the nows. So I, I've done a lot of studying in yoga and I've and I've practiced that and I was practiced as seriously as I used to. And um, yeah, there is always the now, but all of those nows are who you are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, Yes. So, um, that's, uh, yeah. And they kind of set you on a course of the future as well. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Because you bring all that with, with you. Well, I think you're talking about salvation right now. In the course of the study, anyway which is about now and about being saved from anxiety about the future <laughs> and being saved from being defined by what happened to us or what we chose in the past, right? And there's an interesting thing. I have a friend here who lost a child and actually the child um, took his own life and a person told me that quantum physics was really helpful for him because there's like parallel universes and he said you know it's comforting to know that in a parallel universe my son is still alive it's sort of interesting to think about possibility um, and the thing like you said that we make one positive change uh, it's interesting to imagine that parallel universe and then live into it <laughs> and that just might be salvation right is when we are able to imagine and live into just one change. Just one. Positive. Just one positive change, yeah. You know, I just to totally agree with something that she said in, in the video. Because the impression I got, I don't know if you guys got the same impression, the impression I got was what she said was, she said that we're living for the next, almost the next life. And I mean, and in some ways, you you mentioned many times in the pulpit that you were brought up in, in a world where where you were supposed to survive this world so that you went on to a greater thing. But you come back many times and have said, no, 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 joy and 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 and, and living up a, a a joyful life is now. It's not something we're waiting for in the future. Yeah. I, I may have not said that well, but I mean, if. <laughs> In my own journey, that seems like it has to be the case because if we don't appreciate what we have before us, how could we appreciate anything else? And so in that sense, I think I was not raised correctly. The other thing is called escapism, and I think we've talked about that throughout the study, right, is 
we have these strategies for escaping reality instead of being present in it. Yeah. Yeah, I came in, sat down, and said to Jim, I'm going to take my camera and walk through the woods because I have, and that's total escapism. But, but in a good way. Well, that's probably something yes. that makes you present, though. I mean, yes. I think that's actually well, different. That's true. And, and, and yeah. when you have the photographs, it brings back mm -hmm. stuff. You can lay them out, and it's like you're there again. Um, or In some ways, it makes me more present spiritually. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about all of that, a couple of things, is there's major psychological studies that say every time you look at a photograph, you see something different because of where you are. So you, rem you remember, but you remember differently. Um, the other thing is that those moments of inspiration, instead of being you know, separate from everyday living, are meant to inform it. <laughs> it's not just like taking a nap. It's meant to, and this is what mystical people say, real mystics don't just get caught up in going to the seventh in heaven and staying there. They take that experience back and it reinforms the way that they're oriented in this space, right? That's what retreats, I think, are meant to do, or be a sort of a workshop to remake our, our vision or our practice. And if we do them right... Hopefully they're not escapes from this way. They're invitations to live into a bigger way here, if that sort of makes sense. Well, that, that does make yeah. total sense. Uh, I, I, and I think I may have mentioned this already here, but I was the, a long-distance cyclist and went, gone through some difficult stuff and went cross-country on my bike over two and a half months, and there was a, a group with me, but I was really by myself. Um, and uh, I took the Holy Eucharist with me, I, which one of the priests, when he found out I did that, he was like the priest who gave it to me. He said, how many Sundays would be gone? Because I didn't know whether I'd be in Mass. And so I had, I had the, the pixel with eight posts in it. And um, I... <laughs> I never had a flat tire. I, I had an accident, but, but it wasn't bad. I mean, they picked me up and cleaned me up a little bit. My bike was fine. I got back on my bike two miles later. But um, I, I, really, I didn't know anybody. I, I just, I can't, I just know. I say, and, I, and there was a lot of cleaning I had to do in my head and just go, go and get rid of junk that, that was... And all that happened, and I think it was because I had the, I had the host with me, and, and I just know God was with me the entire, entire way. And Tim would send every Wednesday we that we'd get mail on Wednesday, and he'd send me the comics from Sunday because I'm a big comics reader. <laughs> so he never even gave me the headlines. I was having in Houston, but I got the comics, and I got some other things. But anyway, um, God never, I, you know, He just never abandons us. I, I don't, I don't, I just, I mean, He's always, I, I'm not sure I'm making any sense, but. Yeah. You know, I read a line this week, and it's, this is from my premarital or my marital 
thing, you know, and I just was reminded of, and to me it's like the essence of the study, which is um, looking for love distracts you from the fact that you already have it. It's a little more eloquent than that, but that's the basis of it. Oh, that, but, and you said it, for the, what, what it was, and what has been, uh, and how, you know, you go, everybody goes through phases of life, where you, but that is it. And guys, remember Urban Cowboy? Yeah. Remember looking for love in all the wrong places? Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's right. Really. I mean, I think that's, I think that's part of the study, and that's part of John's Gospel and Revelation is... Don't <laughs> is to be able to find it now, and essentially, when you find it, you are a uh, a signpost to other people to also find it now. Well, I think this class has helped in opening up yourself to. Seeing that around you, yeah, and the the different ways that uh, well that it's been described in here that, that you know I, I especially like the, uh, the description that you gave the the other um, the other day is that. God wants all of his sheep. Uh, and so that's like, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's right. You talk about phases. I, I, was, I have a friend that I've been through a whole lot of, and other churches studies and being a spiritual director on this, uh, that uh, EFM first, and we just went through a lot of studies together. And uh, we commuted by car, so we uh, talked a lot. And uh, this week with uh, my husband, uh, he was at the, on the verge of a stroke. Uh, when the ambulance took him to the hospital the second time, uh, they gave nitroglycerin and stuff to, you know, to keep him going. And, uh, and then I've been told I have to curtail my driving because I get too tired. And so I wrote this friend and said, you know, it's just sort of a new life. Yeah. And how do I make it a good one? Yes. With all the moves, we started over a bunch of times, so I am used to starting over, you know, and, uh, but it's, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. It takes courage. <laughs> In the years, this, during, after, shortly after Ike, one of the things that we did in this church is we went down to Galveston to help muck out houses. And there were probably about ten of us or so who went down, and we went to this one house, he was, he was a, well, at the time, um, I was a good bit, I was a bit younger, and so when he said his age, I thought, gosh, he's kind of old, but now I'm pretty close to that age, so. <laughs> anyway, we were cleaning out this, he was a, he was a, a black fella, he'd worked um, on railroad, uh, and um, he had a garage full of tools, filled with tools. Uh, and it wasn't a big house, it was like a two-bedroom, small two-bedroom house in Galveston. But I'll never forget, we were taking stuff out of his house and he just said, throw it on the pot, throw it on the pot. And I said, are you sure you want to throw it? He said, yeah, throw it on the pot. Okay. And we sat down, we were all hot and sweaty. He sat down he said, you know, 
He said, I never thought at 70 years old that'd be starting over. But you do. You move on. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, and that almost, almost every decade, almost every year, every five years, you, we, I can trace that starting over, and, and we, we, we all do it, and it's, it's just part of, part of living, because something changes, it, whether it's in your body or in your life, or you, you know, you lose a parent, or you, oh, you know, when I lost my dad, oh. I mean, this was just been seven years ago, so he was in his 90s, so yeah. I had him a long time. But, um, <clears throat> it was a good life. Yeah, 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 he had a good life. Yeah, good dad. Well, I appreciate you going through this for 32 weeks, small but mighty. <laughs> and, um, well, I, it, it's, it's great for me, and I hope I've shown that. I just really enjoy it, even though I tend to over-function. Um, but, I, but I appreciate you putting up with it and, um, and sharing yourselves and your thoughts. And, um, you know, what's next is probably we'll do another one in the fall. That'll probably be book three. It'll probably be Prophets and uh, Letters of Paul. Um, what is the, I came in late. What is the phrase of radical disciple mean? Because John Chittister has a book on living a mean It depends who you talk to. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't want to define it for you, but I think the goal, I mean, really, I think it just, disciple means one who follows. So I think it means following closely and carefully. Uh, I didn't think it means being. So, I, and I, maybe last thought is, I grew up in a in a youth group where we talked about having extreme faith. Extreme faith meant smuggling Bibles into communist Russia, even though you could get the death penalty, because that was extreme. You were being bold for the Lord, and um, that's what got people to fly planes in the buildings. Extreme faith, and I sort of think there's something really nice about just being extremely faithful. <laughs> And I think maybe that's radical, okay. is doing the daily grind. Because hers was to, to live a Benedictine life for, you know, just I, I think some people are called to that. Mm-hmm. And later in my life I might be, mm-hmm. but right now that would be the worst form of discipleship for me okay. because it would neglect my family and it would drive me crazy. Okay. So when I slow down, mm-hmm. I could be a Benedictine. I may never and my faith might be better lived out being in constant motion and mindful while I do it instead of making myself sit still and being miserable in body and mind. And, and I think that's one of those helpful things is that, you know, Jesus has a different relationship with each one of the 12 men and the however many women that follow him. Isn't that nice? Four people who wrote about him wrote different things. Isn't that nice? I got different things to say than they do. Some of the things they like, they drive me nuts. Why would you include that story? I hate that story. And um, that's radical discipleship, I think, is being authentic as we follow something greater than ourselves. And I just think that that, that is the greatest gift from God that each one of us, each one of us is, is, is you know, created and by God and all of and we're all just there's things about us that are the same 
but each one of us are really unique and special and different and 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 we can all still accept each other. Yeah. And that's that's really <coughs> wonderful how boring it would be otherwise. Yeah. Just very boring. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't expect to come in here and have such deep discussions, but boy, it has been this has been a blessing for guys. Welcome to the Episcopal Church. And I hope we all stay here <laughs> in that wide way of thinking, whether it's here or somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that's the church at its best, is to gather together. That's what church means, gathering, so that we can hear something bigger than ourselves yeah. and be a part of it. For, for me personally, it was just the Carmelites at St. Bernadette's when they were there, were the ones that first kind of opened my head like that. But from then, it's it's just grown, but, but I'm that was, was the Carmelites that did that, and the specific priests, yeah. Father JJ and, and Father Tom, right? They, Tim converted, but because of that. But anyway, so everywhere you find, you know, but now I'm here, <laughs> and I find another yeah. growing, expanding uh, community. Well, it, 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 in the end, Christ is about community. He is not about an individual. It, it, you know, it gets, and that's what this whole what this whole series is about. <coughs> is being brave and being in community and helping that community to move forward. Yeah. Even though there there were, there were mistakes that were made, things happen, like Jerusalem gets burned, you know. We carry on, you know, we carry on as a community. And each one of the readings we have seems to emphasize community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'll just, and I'll stop talking, but we travel a lot, and people have said to us, are you afraid? We've never carried a gun, we've never carried a knife, we've never carried a can of mace. We've right. None, nothing. And we've been in third world countries, and we've been in Africa, and we and never ever has anyone tried to hurt us or that I felt threatened. And we stayed in, in people's houses, we stayed in little dumpy places. I know, dumpy, dumpy, but you know. So we've taken some risks, and it's usually just the two of us. Um, and sometimes we've walked, and sometimes we've rented cars, and you know. But people generally. You know, we've been in India. India, India is amazing. India is amazing. But um, generally, God created all of us, and, and there's uniqueness and wonderful wonder about each each one of us. It's really yeah. Nice. And I like that you allow <coughs> you you encourage and allow that kind of discussion and that kind of. Allow is so crazy. It's such a crazy word. Yeah. It just tells us we really need to grow up. Allow, the priest allows us to tell the truth, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> In an insulting way. No, 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 no. It's not insulting. What it means is we've got to <coughs> There's a lot of room for the church to grow. Yeah. Where that's a novel concept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Do you know? Because yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a novel concept. I wasn't allowed to be honest as a kid. I wasn't allowed to say, hey, there's days I think this is all made up. Yeah. Right. 
what kind of weak faith? I know, again, I think that's a stronger faith that you're able to admit that and you keep coming back. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes.